You're listening to This QPOC Life, the podcast that looks at the world through the lens of a queer person of color. We strive to be a safe and inclusive listening space for queer people of color. We also have a variety of views and opinions. Please leave comments on our website, thisqpoc.life, on our Facebook page, or send us a tweet at Life. Help us to build this QPOC community. While you're at it, make sure to to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And you can search for This QPOC Life on your favorite platform, including Spotify. Don't forget to check out our Patreon page for as little as a dollar a month. One doll hair. One doll hair? You can become a patron of This QPOC Life. You can invest in this podcast and help us continue to create quality content by and for Q-T-P-O-C. Shablam. Damn. How you Zoa? Hello, Avity. Yes, <laughs> thank you. We are here for everybody. Yes. It's just Q-T-P-O-C life doesn't quite roll doesn't off roll, the tongue right? not as, the yeah. same way. Mm-hmm. And it would also just, it's it's that extra. Yeah, yeah. But not an inconvenience. We love It's not an inconvenience. Hey, we're here for the tea, honey. Thank you. We're here to spill the tea. We're here to be with our... Embrace tea, the tea. Our, our tea fam. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Is Zach, are you brushing your teeth or something, Zach? Right. Are you washing Sorry, your dishes? I'm, I'm, I'm typing all of the things that I want to say for my self-care check-in. Oh, um, it's just, Regrettably, I'm on I'm on my PC. So I'm over here like. Yeah, we hear that. <laughs> like that. If you didn't know, Zach's Sorry. not in studio with us this yes, week. Yes, for those listeners who. Because Zach d- is sick. Zach has He's become. He has become a vi- uh, incubus of viral, viral plague. And so he is you joining know how much us that thrills me. live via Skype, um, and he's being patched in. So that's I'm that's a, exciting. I, I'm a um, I'm a field agent right now. I'm reporting <laughs> on you location, live, live from the <laughs> living room, <laughs> <laughs> from the couch. Hmm. Mm. Well, happy New Year, everyone! Happy, happy New, New Year. Year, New Year, New Me, Girls. Thank you. You know, I, this year, I th- I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but uh, it's Zach typing. <laughs> <laughs> so loud, girl! Get one of those hold, soft hold it away from like your microphone. Um, no, I'm, I have my headset on, so I literally can't get any farther. So you look like you're taking calls at a call center. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, hi, you want acrylic nails? Sorry, that was a gun reference. We'll I got five people on hold. But I can talk. <laughs> uh, no, but I really feel like in 2000. 18 going to 19 there was this huge pushback against anybody who said new years so like everybody on facebook for me was like it's new year not new years and so i didn't see anybody say happy new years so i intentionally went under every one of those posts and said happy new years (laughs) just because because the penny was strong in 2018, oh, yeah. but it's gonna be I'm even going to be stronger <laughs> for 2019. <laughs> hey, give me power. Because this is the year of impeachment. This is the year of 2019. Impeach the motherfucker. <laughs> Child, did you see that? That just oh, went viral before we recorded. Yeah, Crazy shit. And oh. I didn't know where she. I thought I didn't. I don't know who it is who said the news is too. The tea is too hot right now. <laughs> right. But. I think I read about it, and whoever this is, she was after her swearing-in party. I don't know if it was at a bar or what, but 
Well, speaking of the hottest tea, you may call me Joe Lee. That is Joe with no E. And that's how you'll find me on the internet. <laughs> and my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and the childlike Vempress. Oh. Vempress. All right. Yes. I like this. The childlike Vempress. The childlike Vempress. Thank you. So young and The thought. ungendered. And smooth. The unbothered. Thank you. <laughs> Mother of drag queens. Mother of drag queens. <laughs> I see. Mixtress of the dawn. Thank you. <laughs> Y'all are too fast for me. I'm Jonathan, a.k.a. Blasian FMA, and I'm just happy to be here. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I even will accept they. Though I'm not gender nonconforming, I just don't mind when people call me they because I'm not insecure in who I am. Yes. We're going to get into that later. All right. Looking good. Because Joe. And my name is Carlos Rios. You can catch me online at Trey Fabulo. That's T-R-E-S-F-A-B-U-L-E-U-X. And my pronouns, he, she, they, Regis and Kathy Lee. Okay, Regis <laughs> and Kathy Lee. <laughs> and hers is. Yes. Hello, my name is Zachary Aris. Uh, you can find me everywhere at Zachary Aris. And um, my pronouns are he, him, his, she, her, hers, they, them, theirs, Anything is totally fine, but I genuinely prefer your grace. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I sent I'm just going to call you Skype Thank Queen you. from now on. Right? And this is... This Q-Pop Live! Okay, so now we know the delay. This Q-Pop Live! This Q-Pop Live! <laughs> oh. Okay. Hey, wait. Can can we can we have like a brief? I just want to throw this out there while we're discussing um, personal gender pronouns or just pronouns. Um, did it bother anyone else when years ago, before we really understood what non-binary was? Did it bo- when back when we all just knew that the only thing we could identify with is gay? Did it bother anyone when straight guys that we kind of were crushing on would always say they about their like potential girlfriend that they may have? They're like, like, like oh, I was dating someone and they like this. And I'm like, just say it. What is it? Let me know. Because I really want to get because you. Because they're like, tricking you. It's they're like trying to they're, trick me. They're, they're teasing you. And that's to this day. Now straight people are calling their wives or husbands or whoever their partner and oh, i'm like yeah. wait oh, a no, second no. like no, so man. like why are you doing that because yeah. you're tricking me i don't understand I'm tricking me yeah that's the, the that's anyway. i'm like i've never had this problem <laughs> the witchery. It's yeah no even if you're just watching like tv or on the internet and people talk about their partner and i'm like wait a second you're already it's already 2019 so you never know with people and now right. i don't need you to be talking about like pretend i don't need you to be using language that makes me think that i might have a chance with you, you know, right. especially if I don't have a chance with you. And I respect those boundaries. So it is what it is. I guess a little bit too might have to do with how language has evolved a little bit and how we view relationships, especially since so many people are either delaying or deciding to not even get married, but instead have cohabitation and domestic partnerships with some, or like even like common law marriages where they aren't actually like legally per se married. Um, And so perhaps that word feels better than saying, like, my boyfriend or my girlfriend, especially if you've known someone for a long time and you guys aren't kids anymore. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. 
just playing white devil's advocate for that one. Also, to play straight white devil's advocate, maybe it's like they're afraid to like do anything more than partner. Maybe that's a a way to like dissolve the power in the words, mm. right? Because they be folks be straight, gay, and everything in between and beyond. Mm-hmm. Be afraid of commitment sometimes. Mm-hmm. So partner is just a very corporate way of saying things. So get it together, people out there. Yeah. Well, every week we like to check in with each other, whether we're near, far, or on Skype. And so uh, we're going to kick off this segment of checking in. And I'm going to go to JoJo first this week because I feel like you have some good news to share. Or maybe I, you don't. I, I have don't know, lots of good news to share. <laughs> um, uh, but the primary thing I need to share with everyone is that I can now call myself an Emmy actual win- oh. a- Emmy, Emmy winning. <laughs> I can now call myself an actual, factual, independent artist because oh. I released my debut single, Across the internet, Jonathan leaked it this morning. They were leaked. How does it feel to be Beyonce level? People leaking your stuff. Right? Yes. It was not leak proof, honey. It was not leak proof. Except the only the way I found it was they posted it on Instagram stories first. And so I was laying in bed looking at it at like 11 o'clock. Well, right, right. So I posted it. So what I posted on my Instagram was my email saying that it's ready to be released and it's going to start pushing to... Oh, so you didn't even know it was actually out. Right. I just got the email saying that they're going to start putting it on all these mm-hmm. platforms and I only got an email saying that it's available on Deezer. And I'm like, okay, nobody in America that I know listens to music on Deezer. Deezer is like Deezer. another... <laughs> it's another I'm music 12. streaming platform. Right. <laughs> And I I just don't know anybody who uses it. So I, I wasn't going to say, hey, you can listen to it on Deezer now. And I'm like, okay, but who right. who's going to do that? Like <laughs> sort of. So <laughs> I, I'm waiting for it to hit all the things before I make the official quote-unquote announcement. Uh, it's taking a second to get on Spotify and Tidal. And that's usually how it Tidal. happens. It's, it's going, it's hitting all the things. All media. All Apple Music yeah. as well. Uh, it's already on Apple Music. Oh, well, as, we're, as we're talking right awesome. now, you can buy it on uh, on iTunes What's and stream it on Apple Music. It is Sweet Love. Oh. And it's a cover of Anita Baker's song. Starts off like a traditional R&B song, but... Then gives you some house vibes, and so some she's cute. gentle so, reggaeton vibes. There, there was, I felt those some tone wall <laughs> layered uh, chords. Yep, yeah. There were some chords. There was some vocoder. <laughs> All the things. We're getting a little there, transhuman there, with there, the voices. I enjoyed it. <laughs> there are um, there are fifty five individual vocal tracks on that song. Mm. Wow, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and. I, I re-recorded the vocals for this song, literally, three times. Wow. Why three? One for the... So I did the first set One of... One for the little bitty baby. Right. <laughs> 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 so I... Um, so the, the original vocals I was working with were my, my demo, my demo vo- vocals. Wow, I can speak today, I promise. And that process already took a while to do. And then my friend Justine, while we were in the studio to record some vocals for his music coming mm-hmm. out soon, um, we were on food break. And so uh, 
he let me hop in the vocal booth with the engineer and I uh, put some vocal tracks down in there. For whatever reason, I was freaking out behind that microphone. <laughs> so I got those vocals home and I was like, oh, these don't sound, these don't all sound as good as I wanted to. So I used some of those pieces and then I tried re recording them another time, but it just wasn't coming through. Mm-hmm. So I had to like take a second, sit down, and then basically map out my how I'm singing each phrase mm. on a piece of paper so I could get everything to sound the way that I really wanted to, and that's where I got. And then from there, editing, mixing, mastering, Which, the whole thing to get. In the past, you've used some guy in Sweden to do a lot of this, but no, now you... No, no, no. So that in that particular case, he was a producer that we collaborated on a song together. Oh, okay. I've but, always been trying to do my own mix. Right. That's what the, what I was going to bring up is that yeah. this, if you all go on all the platforms, by the time this is out, this will they, it'll probably be out. It sure will. Just look up Joe Lee and Sweet Love and you listen to that. That is all JoJo's work. Yes. And it's, you're going to, I mean, y'all, I don't know, people do kind of know us. So- I was going to say, you don't know JoJo in real life, but maybe they do. <laughs> Very possible. And so it's they know just, JoJo on the streets. The, <laughs> the streets, especially. Um, uh, yeah, the, it, it was really great working on that track. I, I, it was fun. It was a nightmare. It was wonderful. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, my friend Sergio, he's in a band called Bodega Dream. He's also, mm-hmm. um, he's also gay. And he's an incredible multi-instrumentalist. And um, I wanted to redo the bass line, and he offered to help me do it. Nice. Uh, so the bass line you hear on that track is him playing. And he he gets real funky on it. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. When I heard it, I was just like, oh, this is so different than what I had in mind. But then I was like, oh, but it's, ooh, it does think. It's cute, though. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm... I'm Really, I'm just excited. I'm grateful. I had to keep myself from bursting into tears this morning when I saw Jonathan's post on on Twitter. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is actually here. Yes. And it's only the beginning. Exactly. I asked you this morning. I was like, so when's the next one dropping? When's the next one dropping? (laughs) Can you feel the brand new day? Can you? It's 2019. Thank you. So, yeah. I'm a... I'm basking in it. Yeah, <laughs> you're here, bitch. I'm queer. You made it. Yes. You ain't going. Now nowhere. you gotta keep making it. Right? Yes. That's, you made it. Ain't that the ticket? I probably I had that thing on repeat all day. I work from home, so I was, and I, sh- I'm sure my roommate was because he's like also home for some reason, mm-hmm. not at work. I know he, he heard fired. me. <laughs> <laughs> How are you gonna pay the rent, bitch? <laughs> Did I pay my rent? Ooh. Uh, I need Better to check on that. that bill pay What's now? today? Today's the fourth. Oh Jesus. Yeah, I think I paid the rent. Anyway, I think my roommate probably thinks I'm crazy because I was listening to the same song over and over. I mean, everybody does. Definitely worth checking out, y'all. Thank you. I got that. Probably means I earned an entire cent from Jonathan today. Exactly. You got a buffalo. Penny from heaven. Thank. I love pennies from heaven. Speaking of pennies from heaven, how are you, Carlos? Oh, what a good segue! Because I'm in a penny-colored sweater today. (laughs) You are. I love this sweater on you. Yeah. You know, I thought I'd I'd spoil the children with like with like a nice 
nice copper tan it's like moment. almost a nude illusion. Thank you. No. <laughs> Thank people you. Walk around with <laughs> right. clothes that are right. Nude. She's like the color of sawdust. So I love it. <laughs> uh, things are going really, really well. Um, it's been a very. It's only been. A, I've only been back to work for like three days, but it's been an intense three days. In fact, you all saw me earlier before we were recording. I'm just like on the phone with folks and. I've had tons of meetings and just a lot of stuff that's kicking off at work. But I think there's it's some HR really life. it's HR life, honey. But I think there's some really exciting things coming at work. I can't say too much because like we're in the middle of it and we haven't quite gotten to the point where we can share some things at my office. But um I think that 2019 is gonna be a really cool year and it's gonna bring me some really cool opportunities professionally. So I am very, very excited about that. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I've had some time off and we've all had some time off to yeah. be with our families and our friends for the holidays. I was really fortunate to be able to go down to Orlando and spend time with my dad and my stepmom and my half brother and sister. And we had and matching pajamas. <clears throat> no, we pictures. did this matching pajamas thing. So it's so funny because Ooh. like this is not something that I grew up with. Like my family never did that shit. And it's totally something that's like for these, this sets of kids, like this yeah. set of my dad's family. And so I'm like, I have to participate, right? Because I'm part of the thing. But then there's a part of me that's like low key, like feeling some kind of way (laughs) because we're doing it. But then like we're doing it and then it's cute and then whatever. It's fine. So now I have these plaid pajama pants that I'll probably never wear ever again. (laughs) What color plaid? They're red plaid. Did you not see the picture? Oh, my God, Carlos. I, too, got for the first time ever, same story as you, got a pair of red plaid sleep pants pajama pants with the rest of my family first time ever yeah and i was feeling some type of way yeah <laughs> and we got these mickey mouse t-shirts that again i would probably oh, we never well. wear outside of the house because like <laughs> what why i never even wear t-shirts barely let alone a mickey mouse one so that was cute um this keto life we are continuing to rock and roll my goal for christmas time and and the holidays was to just maintain like i didn't want to I wasn't planning on losing, and I certainly didn't want to gain any weight over the holidays. But I am very happy to report that instead of just maintaining, I actually lost a little bit. So as of this morning, I am officially down 26 pounds since I have started. Um, Nevertheless, she persisted. persisted. So, uh, you know, we're coming up on four months. Like in in about a week, it'll be four months worth of time. Doesn't it plateau, though? You know, it's interesting. It's like... uh, I've I've been through weeks where like I feel like I've gone slower and then like all of a sudden my body will catch up. Um, I've also read a little bit online. I'm in a couple different groups for keto on Facebook and stuff, and I read here and there. And sometimes like you do stall, and then one of the things that they actually recommend when you stall is to actually eat something that's carby, so like kind of cheat a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so maybe when I was, I mean, I was good and I was on plan in the sense that like I was eating keto foods and stuff that fit into my diet while mm-hmm. I was gone. With the exception of Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve in in many Latino cultures is way more important than Christmas Day. And actually, Christmas Day is not even that important in many of our cultures unless we're very Americanized. Because the real day for presents is Three Kings Day, uh, which is January the 6th. And so... um, On Christmas Eve, it's all about getting together with the family, eating like crazy, having friends over, celebrating, and maybe you get like one gift for Christmas. Now, again, we're a little Americanized, so we definitely do all the Christmas shit. Mm -hmm. But 
the best part about it is the food. And I, I wanted to participate and I wanted to be part of the traditions. And I also didn't want to like completely throw my diet to shit. So what I did was, yeah, you know, and some of that stuff is fine. Like I could totally have, you know, the pork, like that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I'm trying to have like empanadas or pastries or, um, because I was, I was, yeah, right. Because I guava on anything. And because I was with a lot of the people that came over were from my stepmom's side of the family who are all Venezuelan or, and we, she also, of course, like there's something about Venezuelan people where they just find each other. Right. So like, <laughs> so in Orlando, sure. of course, Facebook like, group. like literally across the street from where my parents have a place in Orlando, there is a, a woman who's Venezuelan. And then like down the street from them is another couple that's Venezuelan, one of whom is from the same town as my stepmom. Wow. Bizarro world. Anyway, so... I feel like Colombians are the same way. Same, right. <laughs> and so, like, there was, you know, they have the pan de jamón, which is the, the ham bread, which is fucking delicious. Come on, ham bread. And then they have the ayacas, which are their version of, like, pasteles, the Puerto Rican pasteles. So, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's essentially, um, it's kind of like a tamale. Um, but instead of corn, it's made with... Uh, like root vegetables and plantains. So, um, and the, uh, the yayak is p- prepared a little bit differently. It has a little bit more cornmeal in it. So it's also very good. I'm going to say that the, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that Puerto Rican pasteles are way better than ayakas, but ayakas are good. Those Come fight me. Work. You can oh, at me. That's oh, at Trey Fabulo. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> you can slide into my mentions if you want to have a battle about this. And I will eat it and I will eat it with my ketchup. And you know who's going to support me on this? Rafi. It's Rafi. <laughs> so Rafi, I need you to come in and be my soul sibling here and let these children know about pasteles. tostones. Oh, Damn it. Yes. So there I... There needs to be a tostones shop around here. Exactly. So oh. I... I, you know, I'm yeah. I'm having a good time and I, I feel really good about where I'm at and I, I'm greeting the new year with really exciting new energy and there's so much stuff that I want to get done and at least in these first couple of days, I feel like I've got the, the right wind in my sails to get it done. So we're going to keep on ketoing on. <laughs> and speaking of keeping on, how are you doing, Mr. Disembodied Voice of Zachary Aries? Here in spirit. Oh, me? Uh, what's what's that Power Rangers do? Zordon, (laughs) (laughs) Rangers. Y'all gotta. um, I prefer to think of you as Gaia from Captain Planet. No, AKA Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) That purple shawl. I prefer to think of you as Rita Repulsa. First of all, I will use my witch. After ten thousand years, I'm free. Not even her. Maybe the the one that created the monsters with the clay. That would be Zach. Yes. Zed? Um, no, the not the the minion, not Zed. Uh, Remember, oh, she had like Goldar. Oh, Goldar and she and had yes. all those other ones. Oh, I know. Yes, I don't know his name. Well, but I first about. of all, so anyway, um, how you doing? I am nothing if not a protagonist. Um, golly, okay. So I wrote down everything because there was a just a lot of little things to get through. Because um, first and foremost, as we know, that my theme for 2019 is climb every mountain, yeah. die on every hill, run for every office. So. To everyone Take who's every reached out to me since then with that ambiguous sort of phrase of like, oh, are you running for X? Are you running for Y? Don't worry. Um, all will be revealed in due time. Reveal. When due process of law. Revealed when due process of law has been complete and we are ready to enter a new congressional era. Any Hoosers. So 
The second part of 2019 that is very important is that it's not just 2019. It's reclaiming what's mine, teen. Because Ooh, on nice. December, thank you. Um, I thought about that one for a long time while I was really, really, really high over Christmas break. Oh. Um, so on December 20th, I took a night flight home um, last minute because I had an MRI and um, I didn't really tell anyone. Um, yeah, word. <laughs> yeah, we're just finding um, out now. Yeah. I mean, I knew, um, but I guess we're better friends. Oh. 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 Well, I mean, some Ooh, some people weird. call. <laughs> some people do call. <laughs> Others, however, um, but I don't listen. I don't call nobody, bitch. So don't feel a kind of way. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, she went back home. So, yeah, on the twentieth, I flew home. Um, I had an MRI, and um, I originally was going to go home for a. Um, I had scheduled out two weeks, and I will be very candid with this. I originally wanted to go home and, and get a cosmetic surgery um, to get um, hair replacement surgery because it was something that, that's been on my mind for a while and I haven't really talked to a lot of people about it. I think maybe two or three people know. Um, but that's why I scheduled it. But then um, relatively at the last minute, I had to have an MRI due to some weird things that we've discussed about it in the podcast a long time ago about my liver or whatever and it turned out it was my gallbladder and then they said that my gallbladder there's a really good chance I might have to get removed so they wanted to do an MRI the good news is is that I don't have to have my gallbladder out currently I just need to take a regimen of pills to change what's going on down there um mm -hmm. but what they did find from the MRI was that there was a series of bone spurs that were forming um in the top of my neck next to my head and then um in the front of my skull so i flew home on december 20th i landed at 11 p.m at 7 a.m i was in msu's uh surgery room and um they shaved my head and they took them out and um they gave me well, this this is the sad irony part um they gave me these prp injections to help uh expedite the healing process because these were like some small incisions on my head. And um, they said that the PRP injections, which are blood platelets separated from your blood to help facilitate a faster healing, um, could actually cause a temporary medically induced alopecia. So literally the antithesis of what of I really what want. you were setting out to oh do. My God. <laughs> right. So I was very upset about that. Um, but we'll see what happens. And then, you know, if maybe, maybe it's a sign that this was on my mind and then if the medically induced alopecia becomes an issue, then maybe that's when I can look at, you know, the hair surgery. That said, um, my hair is very short now. Um, I have a little tuft at the top. Um, the people who've seen it said I look very butch. Damn. Um, anyway. So how many, users. are you going to start wearing wigs? Mm -hmm. I was going to say wigs. Um, I don't, I don't wear wigs. Or weave. My hair. I actually can't wear, um, I can't wear a wig for like maybe the next month or so. Um, I mean, I could, but just not regularly and also i don't want to be that girl with a wig um Why not? there are some girls we know ain't, ain't no problem that vivica a fox collision hello a place, honey thank you who said it I'm, had to I'm be a, a toupee who said it had to be a men's look come through with a 22 inch straight length full remy thank um, you and people are just gonna be like hair. why is he showing up to rehearsal with just a full head of wig hair <laughs> 30 38 inches of human hair um Live Any your user. best, your breast life. 
My Thanks, Doctor Zismar. <laughs> Thank you. So, I um I spent two weeks in Michigan, which is the longest I have ever been gone from work. This is my first vacation from work, really. Uh, I took a week off in August, but this is the first big one. Um, I saw family. I wish I could have seen more family, but because of the recovery process, it was kind of difficult to get out. Um, I realized how flaky Michiganders are mm-hmm. on Grinder, first and foremost. Oh, girl. Uh, Grinder is trash anywhere outside of New girl, York and in New the, York. It's just trash, period. The, <laughs> right. Hello. I was about to say. The trade has a look because I was going through all my old ex's numbers, and I've realized that every ex I've ever had, if you have tattoos, gauges, a lip ring, and you play in a band, I probably put out. But I also realized so so you through all my exes, with the entire band of Green Day. Oh, trust and believe. Also, well, <laughs> that would be my mo because Billy Armstrong identifies as bisexual. And here's the thing: I have friends who are bisexual, so I don't want this to come across as mean. But it just so happens that most of the people I have dated have been bisexual, and um. The thing I noticed is that many of them, um, they would always say something weird when I was dating them. And I'll keep this brief, but they would always say like, oh, it's kind of nice that like we're dating because it's like, it's like I'm dating a guy, but I'm also dating like a girl. And I'm like, well, I'm cisgendered and I'm not a girl. I'm just gay. So first of all, you can back up. Anyway, um, any hoosers. I also realized one thing while I was on the grinder is that I can no longer date people who are exponentially younger than me oh because when i was when i was 18 i could converse and date across any generation because it just so happened i was a huge nerd and would read a lot so my historical knowledge and my pop culture knowledge across every decade i felt was very strong and also i was extremely precocious so i could converse with you know daddies up to grandpa's age who were willing to buy me dinner or I could converse with people my age. But now that I'm in this next age bracket, I've realized that while I can converse with these youths who are like college age about their pop culture, they can't converse with me about my generation's pop culture, generation X, generation... Um, the boomers? Baby boomers. They can't converse with anyone else. Y'all I are mean, literally... I can't bad. converse and, with baby boomers about their culture either. Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle. All that I, I can't go. I can't converse like at depth at length about that shit. I mean, barely they could. Barely I don't know. They didn't have the internet either. I mean, they know what we know. The children don't know. The children don't know. They they do not. And I believe that teaching children is very important because my ten year old sister, um, we were having a long discussion because she was like, "Oh, what musical artist do you listen to?" or whatever. And I told her, and I was like, "What do you listen to, Tatum?" And she was like, "Well, I really like Takeshi Six Nine and Chris Brown." And R. Kelly, and I'm like, you need to stop (laughs) right now. She's listed off every pedophile. And I'm just like, no, you need to stop right now. I was like, you need to start listening to the women. You need to start listening to the people of color. And we were talking (laughs) a lot about it. And I was like, I was like, actually, one of my favorite artists right now is this Brazilian drag queen named Pablo Vitar. And she was like, oh, I love drag queens. I was like, Tatum, you're 10 years old. What do you know about drag queens? And she was like, well, I saw them on the TV. And it was at that moment that as problematic as RuPaul has made of recent statements, it was at that moment that I could do nothing but thank her mm. for the work that she has put forward to get the exposure of, while her opinions on certain issues may be problematic, the fact that she is exposing this qu- level of queer culture to these Midwestern 
white babies is very powerful and I'm very happy. Um, my dad also said that, uh, my sister Tatum, who does listen to just solely almost hip hop music, he was like, um, he's like, yeah, I think she wants to be a rapper. And I was like, dad, how do you feel about that? Cause you're a musician and like everyone in the family are musicians. And he was like, well, he's like, I guess I'd be fine with it. Cause she sucks at singing. So <laughs> you know, he was like, she's always trying to do this harmony, but it's always just sharp. And At I was like, is it a social harmony? Runs in the family. No, Oop. <laughs> no he, except she had got not, not on one run. <laughs> um, first of all, we're about to fight. Second of all, <laughs> why is my white mom watching Greenleaf? I digress. Um, I loved it, though. I was sitting there watching Greenleaf with her. I was First of all, the first lady, she needs to calm down Ooh, and um, get a better wig. Second of all, Patty LaBelle, you uh, cannot act. That is not your ministry. Don't, no spoilers. Well, I haven't watched well, season three. Speak, speaking of not your ministry, Ooh. you are running over time. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Then I'm almost done. Um, my my dad started a SoundCloud for the first time. Um, my mom and my aunt confronted my racist uncle with our Congolese heritage. I <laughs> a outside of a soul food restaurant, uh, we almost recorded it. Um, I flirted with a flight attendant today. Ooh. I sent it to the DMs. Um, I'm moving probably to like Prospect Park in like June. Um, I began taking the money that I am putting aside to save and I'm taking a portion of it to invest in art, um, primarily of the people I have known and gone to college with. So I'm putting that art, that money into an investment. Um, And then the last thing is that I kind of saw a Me Too moment, um, which is really, really weird. I was, and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus because I am friends with these people. And long story short, I was working with a model, um, at a, at someone's house and we were doing a, uh, portrait series. Mm -hmm. And one of the people at the house, um, essentially took it the wrong way, even though these models were not undressed, um, took it as a sexual thing. And he took off his clothes at one point to his underwear and jumped on one of the models and started rubbing himself against them. And, um, I stopped it and I was like, okay, let's, um, take a break and then like go downstairs and get something to drink. And I spoke with the model afterwards and he was like, yeah, it was, I'm not sure I'm upset, but it was just really weird. And I didn't know what to do. And, um, so me and that person's partner had a really long discussion about it. This person's partner said that this is kind of a, a pattern of behavior and that they think that they might have a, anyway, um, what we did decide was that, uh, they suggested it would be a really good idea if we enroll them in a class, uh, learning about consent for people who are of generation X or above, uh, age bracket, because they, as queer people, let me rephrase that as gay people within those age brackets, they have to sort of reevaluate what consent is and what consent means with younger generations because this model was much younger. Um, so anyway, wait. So the person um, that was rubbing hoping, up on the much younger model was someone of Generation X or more. Yes. Why? I don't get it. Well, I don't uh, know because they they, they interpreted the it as, at the time. If you think about what being uh, gay and queer at that time was, is that a lot of the language is, was coded. And for for was for us, a, it's a lot was this more a direct. professional shoot. Like, who well, even was the Generation X person? Was this a model as well? I'm very confused. no. This person, 
this uh, this person was an owner of the house that I was doing the series in. So if I if I let y'all if I let a whole bunch of people over to my apartment to do their professional work and they were nearly nude. And I, as the owner of the apartment, just stripped down and started pumping. It's 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 also, but it is also a culture difference because the hell because twenty thirty years ago, when folks had photo shoots in their homes or whatever, or were at a photo shoot in general, it was also sort of a party zone. Yeah. So times have changed to where people are a lot more professional and take those things mm-hmm. much more seriously. So it, there is there is a cultural difference to understand. Yeah. Um, and speaking of cultural differences, Jonathan, how are you doing? Okay. That was a nice try. Uh, it was good. Uh, Zach, we, I wish you the best. I did not know anything about any of that. So Surprise. Surprise. Um, so over the holiday... Uh, I did a whole bunch of stuff. I saw Choir Boy, the play on Broadway, which was really good. Uh, it really spoke to me. About it on Twitter. I totally gushed about it on Twitter, and then I even made a video about it, uh, reviewing it. I'm not a member of the media, so I don't have to respect uh, preview dates or whatever. So <laughs> it's whatever. Uh, and it opens January 18th, 8th, so you should go see it. If you are ambivalent about that, check out my video on YouTube uh, and watch me talk about it. Uh, Self care. I've been doing a lot of hair care. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that's looking good. Yeah, I'm turning into that one person in the PAO that like wears the hat even though they have beautiful hair under it. And I'm like, why do you wear that hat all the time? Your hair is beautiful. Now I understand it. So I've been putting things like coconut oil, grapeseed oil. I've learned how to moisturize it. I've learned how to seal that moisture in. It's all thanks to the. It's all thanks to the beautiful black women out there who. I learned this, I figured out from another friend that, and I didn't know this about my own community, but it's like, as uh, as the weather is to white people, you can apparently talk to black people about hair, and then it, it'll just like explode into a conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Um, Once on this island is closing. Sad. I'm going to see the... Michelle. The... <laughs> the, I say the last episode the last uh, show uh, on this Sunday uh, podcast probably won't be out by then but uh, January 6th uh, speaking of January 6th that is the first day that I am meeting with a fabulous group of uh, gender non-conforming or trans individuals and they are starting up their own podcast in this very studio Ooh. Uh, and it is going to I'm not going to reveal the name because they have not revealed the name, but they have been like, they're really on it. They have a cam like a secret campaign. They all have a lot of followers. And so they've all been posting like the same image of a microphone on their Instagram stories and on their Instagrams. So they've got people buzzing like, what is this all about? And so they needed uh, help. They somehow knew about uh, this QPOC life. And so they were like, hey, could you get the person from this QPOC life to help us produce this podcast? So I'm working with them to do that. Um, trying to look at networking opportunities in there. So 2019, I think, is going to be a really uh, fun year for us uh, here on this QPOC Life. I've got some plans. We had a pre-show meeting, and we're talking about some ideas. Um, what else is going on? Oh, my gosh. Um, Netflix acted a, a complete fool Ooh, over the holiday the season. end of the year, Netflix was real, honey. Child. What happened? Let's talk about so many Bird things. Box first. So many memes. So this is like this is like <laughs> my self care, but I'm opening it up for everybody, for everybody. to talk about right. the yes. particular thing. Bird Box was trash. Trash was 
absolute rubbish. Tell me why. Because Tell it was me why trash. With Bird Box. My right. mom was going on and on about that. And I walk into the room after she's like, oh, I can't wait to watch that movie, that movie. Everyone's talking about it. I walk in there and she's like, yeah, this is great. But I thought I didn't know it was a comedy and I don't understand where Sandra Bullock <laughs> is. And I was like, mom, you're watching Bird King. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a much better movie if it had come out right? with a bird box. I mean, it did. But you know what I'm saying? The only reason Bird right. Box was popular is because of the memes. The memes made it happen. So. Carlos, you were distributing the memes before you even saw Word. I was the because they were too fucking funny. Like. Even if you didn't know the whole premise of the movie, which, I mean, you can tell what the premise is based on a lot of the memes and what you've probably seen in trailers and stuff. But ultimately, and I don't want to give away too much of the movie or spoil it for those of you who may want to see it, I will tell you that you might want to just save the two hours of your life and not see it. Right. But if you'd like to see it, um, I will keep it relatively spoiler-free. So um, the Sandra Bullock character, who is the main character of the film... Uh, exists in a world where there's basically an end of days sort of scenario and people are having these visions and it's causing them to cause harm to themselves and kill themselves. Um, immediately. Yeah, almost immediately after they see whatever these visions are. And so there's a lot of like psychological horror and suspense that's with that. And so what they have, what what they come to discover over the course of the movie and it flashes back between what is the present day where um, the Sandra Bullock character and her daughter and son are going on a river trip, like to try and escape wherever they're at. Um, And to five years before that point, when the suicidal outbreak thing starts to occur. Mm -hmm. And so we see kind of day one and we see time in between pass in between, you know, the, when you, the first scene of the movie and, her get her getting there and so um because of the fact that at some point they realize that these creatures or entities or whatever that are causing people to hurt themselves are are triggered based on a vision or seeing them they have to block out the light so when they're like inside a home and the, the windows are shut and everything they are safe but if they for some reason they need to leave the house they have to have blindfolds on because otherwise they will see whatever that is and harm themselves and you can also see them through tv so right so it's like any image so yeah i don't want to give away too much stuff well it's kind of strange because there was a part where someone saw it through a tv and succumbed to the effects of it but then there were newscasts at the beginning and like nobody like died by watching the tv then and it was just really weird yeah so it was it was well I came into it halfway because mom was watching it while she was visiting. <laughs> yeah. And I, I left that and I'm like, this wasn't too bad, I guess. Yeah. It went from zero to 100 real quick. And like I was putting chicken up and then we were going to watch it in the living room because it was Christmas. We watched it on Christmas. I had a little get together with some friends that stayed in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like the beginning of the movie is like the girl from Horror Story or whatever Sarah American Paulson. Horror. Yeah, Sarah Paulson talking to Sandra Bullock, her sister, and she's like, did you see what's going on on the TV? Anyway, let's talk about these problems. Oh my God, it's here. Like, yeah, did like, I wasn't quite paying attention at that point, but I was like, how did this escalate so quickly? And at first I thought they were lesbians. So did like, I. On we the all real. thought that they were lesbians. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're together, they're, right? They're pregnant and, together. Right, and then I realized, and then at some point it was like, oh, they're sisters, and I was like, oh, okay. okay. Work. Sarah Paulson got out of there quick, though. She collected that check. Right. No spoilers. 
and we were all gagging. Bit of a spoiler, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care because nobody's gonna watch it anymore. Um, but like, there's a lot of people vehemently defending Bird Box, and like, if you just don't like it because you didn't see the religious message, and I'm like, what religious message? Hmm. Talking about God and all this stuff, and I'm like, you heathen. There was no religious message in that. Most most of the people that I I I see um, trashing the movie are talking about how it's basically other horror movies retold. Quiet place, yeah, it's like a quiet place, but with vision. And I'm like, um, I've never seen those movies, so maybe that's why I didn't like it so. Yeah, I feel like if you saw a quiet place, then you would probably not appreciate Bird Box because it's basically that. But then I saw another I saw another post where someone took it back to like 1998 with some other. thing and I was and then they were like the novel bird box is much better and all this stuff and I was like okay cool next thing I want to talk about all all I got but before we leave bird box I just got to say that with these cooling headbands I'm wearing I got it wrapped around my ass right now looking like Sandra Bullock but I'm cool calm feverish and collected right now I love that are you doing the bird box challenge at home (laughs) Netflix said don't do it Netflix said girl don't do it I can't believe that there really is a bird box challenge myo sapiens Mm. So along that same line, then we got the much anticipated, which I had read about earlier this year and completely uh-huh. forgot until it came out, Bandersnatch by uh, Netflix slash uh, Black Mirror. And it was advertised a while back in as a choose your own adventure type mm-hmm. uh, experience, which it was and which I thought was absolutely genius. A lot of people thought it was boring and trash. And I'm like, that's because... Well, I'll keep my opinions to myself because I don't know what everybody feels about it in this room and on Skype. But I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I liked that. Uh, I thought that it was going to go in a different like it, the story was going to be told a different way. Because, for instance, I made the wrong choice on the very first choice. And I think a lot of people do. Because, OK, so without getting too spoilery, uh, it's it's also, I guess, the reason it vibed with me is because it was really based on gaming and like in this case, it was the '80s and gaming, and so you're uh, the main character that you control is this guy that wants to work with one of his video game creator idols at the company that they create the games. So it's something soft, and I always think SquareSoft because they started in the '80s as well, <laughs> right. and I love Final <laughs> Fantasy. So I kind of relate to that. Like, what if I was asked to work on like the next Final Fantasy? And so the question was like, do you want to work with us? Yes or no? So I said yes, and then like that triggered an ending. And so it was the wrong one. And so they sent me back. So then this time I was like, okay, well I'll say no this time. But I remember, and then I remembered when you said yes the first time, the the legendary creator guy, he walks out of the room and he goes by the main character and he says, wrong choice, man. And then I was like, okay, so is it like that meta to where the characters are acknowledging that you're making choices or is it actually that the character is a time traveler as well? Like, mm-hmm. is he making these same choices? So you go back through, and there are many little instances where, like, the characters kind of break the fourth wall, and you don't know if yeah. it's because they're breaking the fourth wall or because it's woven into the story. It was not the latter, and I thought that that would have been a lot more interesting if, like, his the his idol was his adversary mm-hmm. and didn't play the role that he eventually did play in many of the endings. Right. So I thought it was going to be, if you get the reference, more of uh, Light versus L in uh, Death Note type thing where they're like maneuvering each other through these different choices. But I guess that would have been too um, complicated, Mm -hmm. which this, this production seems like it was complicated as hell. Like to come up with all, if you look at, if you just Google like the Bandersnatch um, 
uh, plot tree. You can see like every which way you can go. And I feel like both of us, we were like geeking over it. You and I, Carlos. Yeah. And I think we basically saw all the endings on the first night. Yeah, I definitely, once it came out, it was interesting because just like you, I knew that this was coming, but then I think that Netflix intentionally didn't do a lot of promotion around it and wanted it to sort of spread organically. And so they're trying to pull like a Beyonce, right? And like just <laughs> drop it on people. Uh, but in some ways, I think it really worked because a lot of people have been talking about it since it came out. And it came out over the holidays and, you know, closer to the end of the year. I, too, started playing it. And I was I was just fascinated because I loved, j- just like probably many of us, um, love those choose your own adventure books, right? Mm-hmm. And reading those. And I was that person who would always like get to a choice and then like keep my finger <laughs> in one, like where I was and then go to the other one and read. And if I didn't like it, I'd go back and go to the right. other. Um, and so I really enjoyed kind of the, that choose your own adventure, that telltale style of you got to make a quick decision about what you want to do. Um, I think that there were some good things about it and some not so good things about it. I think I really enjoyed Again, like the level of detail and the, the the work that went into having all of these different kinds of endings and these different permutations of endings, depending on what kind of choices you made beforehand. There were a lot of like small details, too, that could really change. So I thought that was really cool and an interesting device. And certainly I think that it opens up the door for a lot of future interactive television experiences or movie experiences. So I think that's really cool. <clears throat> I think some of the breaking of the fourth wall, I think at some point got a little tedious for me. Um, And then I also think about how um, Black Mirror so often is a commentary on the world that we live in and the things that we're doing and and like technology and how bleak sometimes things can feel. Um, And in this particular instance, I think it was also quite a commentary on like mental health because the main character, which is the one that you play as like, clearly has mental health issues like he's seeing a therapist he has medication that he takes or doesn't take depending on what choices you make in the game um and i i think as we start to see him slowly like unwind or um or deteriorate with his mental health like you start to see a lot of these things that i can only describe as like hallucinations and things that are only happening i would say in his mind so you have like a very unreliable narrator that is also the character that you're playing so i found that sort of fascinating and difficult at the same time that was the beauty of it for me because just like another movie oh hereditary Mm -hmm. uh which we have not talked about and it's a horror movie and it's one of the best ones ever you should go see it it's a slow burn but just like with that movie i was very much questioning like what's actually going on here is it like obviously he did have mental health history so uh you know, that's there, but that kind of seemed like a red herring because, like, you know that this other stuff, like, one of the biggest things in the episode happens very early on, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, was that real or was that not? And then your friend doesn't show up to work, and you're like, okay, was that real or no. was it not? And then the memes are even funny for that because they're like, right. when you make the choice for X, Y, Z, and then your friend doesn't show up to work for the next six days, it's like... Oh, shit. Mm, right. But, um, yeah. Anyway, so that was really fun. Bandersnatch was great. Go check it out. I think it's worth the time, the four hours that it takes for you to no- maneuver through all of mm-hmm. that. Then finally, um, uh, in the realm of self-care, Marie Kondo, someone that I really kind of look up to. I haven't read her books, but I've watched a lot of lectures by her on uh, on uh, YouTube and really followed her uh, method of 
cleaning and tidying. I, I'd like to follow it anyway. I've gotten rid of a lot of stuff. Anyway, it's a, and we're not sponsored by Netflix, but I just really felt like sharing my entertainment choices with y'all. Um, what is it? The Joy of Tidying Up, I think. Mm-hmm. Check her out. There's this, like, episode three is of, so first of all, she doesn't speak English. So she has to walk everywhere with her translator. And, like, the first episode, she walks up to the house. It's, like, a kind of documentary slash reality TV show thing. So she's walking up to the house, and her assistant is holding her umbrella. And it's just so cute. She doesn't speak English. So, like, there's a lot of editing to make the conversation seem seamless. But you also know there's a translator there. But the third episode is a black family. And it's just really good what she does for them because the whole thing is like reorganizing your house to create good energy. And in each of the episodes I've watched so far, it's just really amazing how transformative simply tidying up your house mm-hmm. can be. So I think that would be really powerful for y'all. Just some honorary side mentions before we move on. I did archery for the first time yesterday and it was really fun. I was literally just sitting at home and I'd always been thinking about it for like years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I have the privilege. I'm going to do it. Like Google archery let's go 35 dollars. went to a class loved it gonna go back because the apocalypse is coming soon so brace yourselves and uh a plug for a game that we played over the christmas break actually new year's i went over to my daughter damon's house and uh we played you know that game that ellen made popular but a lot of people were playing before heads up where you hold the yeah. phone to your head there's oh, a the black version. there's a black version oh, of it called so blurberty yeah it is so good there's got like common black mama phrases yes. and like black movies and like tv shows and sitcoms oh, it's songs so uh sayings and phrases is great and then finally uh just random uh the new benefits kicked in uh, January 1st that we made during our election period in November. You're HR person, so oh, you know this. Oh, yes. Benefits. Well, welcome to your new plan. Yep, my new Whatever plan. Whatever you elected. So I got the same old plan, which was the, the more expensive one. Oh, yeah. But then I also added a lawyer. Oh. And. You got some legal legal assistance? Yes. And identity theft insurance. Thank you. Oh. Come on, hire legal. So that's me. They are not a sponsor. No. <laughs> okay. I'm just looking forward to walking into a place and getting a part-time $15 an hour job wherever I go. Thank you. Yes. And money. and so at some point this year getting my my gender changed on my birthday. Yeah. Oh right, that happened over the that's amazing. Yes. We are very excited about these these and many other things. So many Ooh. things. And speaking of bird boxes and bander snatches, we'll be right back to talk about All-Stars Season 4. After Thank you so our much. Extended check-in moment. So, for those of you who are not paying attention, today's episode is entitled Three Queens Day," and we wanted That's to focus much. on three different sets of queens. So, the first one was ourselves, because we are what queens. Yeah. Well, queens. Queens and with now, a K. Thank the you. The second set of queens that we want to focus on are none other than the queens of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars Season. Season. 
four. And unfortunately, we have, not unfortunately, but we have been recording on Friday nights since we have started the podcast. Mm -hmm. And due to unfortunate scheduling, now we're also recording on the same nights that RuPaul's Drag Race (coughs) is airing. Excuse me. VH1, please fix this. Right. So weird, because normally it's Thursday. It used to be Monday. I don't even know anymore. (laughs) But at any rate... Um, so we, we don't know what's going on this evening, but we do know what's been going on for the last three episodes on all-star season four. What I like about the all-star seasons is that there's not a lot of intro that's needed, right? Like you already know everyone that's on the show right? Mm -hmm. and you have a good sense of like where people's strengths are. And it's nice to see people's evolution, especially if they're people who are coming from seasons more than like a year or two ago because mm-hmm. they truly do. And even the ones that are more recent tend mm-hmm. to have a bit of an arc. Um, at minimum, you can tell that they've all been making more money because their right. looks tend to be very expensive. Much better, yeah. Walking in the door. Um, and for the first time ever, we have an historic moment on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars yeah. uh, and just RuPaul's Drag Race in, in general. We have the first ever out trans woman on the show who has entered the show presenting female yes. and unapologetic about it that is none other than Gia Gunn who Gosh. is no longer on the show because she got kicked out in one of the most recent episodes in the last episode that we've seen today uh, and she was messy as hell Ooh, for the I three episodes so that she was on she went full tilt villain <laughs> and i have to say i really loved it i missed it i missed mm-hmm. it what what say you people of people of the podcast well it's funny i um i was talking to some folks who who weren't here for gia and and v I mean, I thought it was all delicious because Gia said what the fuck she wanted, how she wanted to say it, because she wanted to say it. And um, I was talking about how, and you know, because like in the last episode, like Gia gets pretty real about the way she's feeling Mm -hmm. and she she breaks down a little bit and starts crying and... Some folks found it hard to sympathize with her. And I'm like, well, that's because you're not living her experience where sure. and I I I for for me, a lot of my friends who have since come out as trans, their defense mechanisms are similar to what Gia was doing on the show. Yeah. Where it's rather than and I mean, Zach is like this too. Uh, <laughs> wow! You're ready. Where um, your defense mechanism is to go into attack mode. I mean, you punched a person on the street, but okay, this is true. <laughs> Truth hurts. This is also true. But where you you look at people <laughs> and you sort of start picking them apart because of the insecurities that you're confronted with, mm-hmm. and not feeling 100% inside of your own skin. And when I saw Gia have that moment with Manila, I was like, this all starts to make a lot more sense. Yeah. You know? Um, And I felt for her because when you're coming into a show and you sort of feel the responsibility of being the first whatever Mm -hmm. on something, all of a sudden you're the spokesperson for that community. Right. 
and you want to put on a strong show, you want to represent everybody well, you want to feel like you're one of the best in the room, but at the same time you look around and you're just like, I don't quite fit here. Right. Who do I talk to? Who do I feel safe with? Yeah. And you don't find that, you know? Zach? I mean, my, my, um, I love Gia and she is one of my favorite drag queens um, that has been on the show. And I think what's undeniable is that in the first episode, the fact that she should have won. And, Word. Uh, yeah. Monique and Trinity shouldn't have been in the top. It should have been Latrice and Gia. Agreed. Um, we saw something that was incredible art from Gia Gunn. And that's really where her strength and ministry lies is in that. And it's really regrettable that um, instead we had to have someone who, you know, the producers are really trying to make out as some sort of like gifted unknown comedian Trinity. And then I think Monique did really great. In the I was, she live song. I was thoroughly I, underwhelmed I, by Trinity's talent. Yeah. It was, I was, like, it was I agreed with Gia. <laughs> Yeah, it was fine. It should have been like Latrice gave me life, Gia gave me life, but it should have been them. But um, the thing about Gia is that um, while I am a fan and I will continue to be a fan, the thing I didn't like is that, you know, for Gia's Snatch Game, she um, impersonated um, Cardi, B, Cardi B's famous nail tech, Jenny Bui, who owns a uh, two salons in New York, one in the Bronx and then the other one in Harlem called Nails on 7th. Super, super famous uh, nail artist. And, um, Jenny Bui escaped Cambodia um, during the Khmer Rouge um, uh, government as a baby. And I really don't like it. Like as, as people of Asian descent, I think we can really break this down. It feels like you're, you're punching down when you are a person of Japanese descent, making fun of the accent of a person of Cambodian descent and also doing a stereotypical Japanese accent with it. It's very stupid. Uh, Jenny Bui called her out. Um, on it, um, Gia apologized. Jenny was like, oh, there's no hard feelings. Um, but like, I don't know that, that was one thing that kind of bothered me in terms of her mind games. I live because everyone always wants to, everyone always wants to bitch about like, this is such a boring season. But yet the moment when a girl comes in with like guns firing, um, then all of a sudden that they're like some wicked devil that we have to cast out like no right like, like when it was rupaul's be best friend race everyone's like oh my exactly. god it's so boring right <laughs> exactly and also i just feel as though like the the screen time that we're getting for valentina of like i she still is rubbing me the wrong way and even though i live for a villain and i live for valentina as the villain Everything just seems like such artifice with her. Yeah. And I'm really waiting. Manila should have sent her home. I agree. Play, play, play the game. I Manila agree. should have been like, bye. I think fumble. it was silly yeah. of her to talk about it and not actually do it. Like I thought it was through. I thought it was smart. I thought I thought what Manila what Manila did was really, really smart. Like when she when she found out she was in the top two, she's like, Okay, I'm going to play this up. And get my camera time as much as I possibly can. Mm. And then I'm going to turn it on everyone's ear. And quite frankly, like, <laughs> I would also mm-hmm. sort of be thinking I would be terrified of Valentina's fan base. 
Right. Well, that's the other thing about the other thing about the show now. Yeah, is that it's like they do love a death threat, and with all the people that are watching it now, because it becomes so mainstream, and especially on VH1, and the demographic of people who are watching the show is Mm -hmm. now younger than ever and straighter than ever. Right, and it's like these people have a hard time separating the show from reality, and they really do a lot on social media, and it's insane some of the stuff that happens including death threats for some of these people stan culture is toxic and it's really bad in drag race yeah it's really bad and and so in some ways the audience has almost become a character yeah. in its own way and that's yeah. why i think some of the other people who are playing the game are playing it with that sort of visibility and mm-hmm. thought in mind and yeah. i worry about what it might mean what a well not what it might mean but what it does mean and what it might mean for the future of the show yeah. If everything needs to be so produced and calculated and calculated versus like some of the earlier seasons where people didn't have that mentality and didn't think that way and said what was on their mind. And you saw like real people with real, real stories and like real issues. Yep. So I think that's what was exciting and refreshing about Gia because she she gave zero fucks. Zero fucks. And but then it, it also highlighted how just much of a great contestant pheromone is on the game right when she turns to G- when gia's like bullying her and farrah just says gia not all of us have to force storylines to get our airtime i was like that is the most aware yeah i live i live love it's that the job. only aware thing she's ever said <laughs> i mean she well, she also called out Valentina. she's like i'm not you the same 22 year old kid i was at 25 i was like girl girl <laughs> pink hair yeah. come, come on it wasn't the pink but hair I mean, that I minded. It was the way that it landed on her face. Right. I was like, what's going on? Are we, are we in a hairband? Right. I don't know. <laughs> it needed deliverance and Jesus. So who do we think, who do we think is going to be taking this all the way, whether winner or maybe like top two or three or something? Well, before we get to that, I oh, want to I wanna say something real quick because I, I was thinking about this while, while Zach was talking about Gia's uh, Snatch Game performance. I was like, how, because we also have this experience together um, at uh, an event we all have attended before where for those of us who are of Asian descent, we're like, you're accustomed to playing the stereotypical Asian jokes for the benefit of of making people laugh. Mm-hmm. And so now that we're we're in this time where, you know, we've got crazy rich Asians um coming out and we've got so all the boys I've loved before and Asian representation is changing where we can't count on the same jokes to work the same way anymore because we're trying to make white people laugh. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm. I can see that. Like, um, my, it did really feel like it was punching down. But at the same time, like I remember that it did feel like Manila it was punching did. down. It wasn't like she. It wasn't done well. And I, I think we're no. beyond the time where, where jokes like that are funny. Um, I just I like mean, you know Manila you get back into a corner. Season. She did, but Manila, Manila. I also feel like she was punching up in a way because she's talking. Yeah, we're talking about, yeah. you know, uh, um, um, somebody who's recognizable and a leader right. where they come from mm-hmm. versus someone who's oh, you know what I mean. And oh, it was also girl. like seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Oh, but, I didn't. I didn't necessarily mean when her impersonation of Imelda Marcos, because the Marcos regime has killed many people. So 
my opinion, make fun of him more. It was when <laughs> she did that Connie Chung reporter yeah. thing. Aren't you talking like about Angina? Super... No, 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 no. That it was, was Manila um... Luzon. Yeah, but I, I think that it was still kind of punching up because it was a person of Filipino descent doing a stereotypical Chinese character. <laughs> and so I think if we're really going to get into the minutia of it, then I was just, I still, it still felt like it was punching upward. However, um, since we are in this era of crazy rich Asians, my pick to win Manila, fuck everyone else. I'm tired of all these blonde white women winning. It's well, the only one Manila. left is Trinity. Well, Trinity is actually, um, she, I, she is half white, but she's also, someone said that she's like half either Lebanese or Egyptian. That's nice. Wow. <laughs> wow. I just don't like her. Fuck her 23 and me. I, I just, I don't, I don't think she's that great. She's sort of like Amy Schumer to me. Mm. Wow. Golly. Uh, so who are y'all's <laughs> picks to be in the top or win? Manila's one of my top. Um, I, I wish Latrice were doing better. I don't because I no, want her to win. Um, yeah, I don't think her. her I don't think her drag has. I think it's it's polished, but I think it's remained. She's not old taking school. enough risks. You know, I don't think she's taking it to like. Like she's not modernizing it. Yeah, I think like Manila Manila, Manila took risks the last episode and they paid off. Right. Um, Valentina, I just she's a fierce competitor, and I love that. I love how fierce a competitor she is. Right. Um, I'm rooting for Monet. I want her to do better. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's like I she's just, trying, I don't think but... I don't think enough time has passed between her season and All Stars. I predict like a late. I I predict like that we're gonna start to see her flower. I think she's gonna be a late bloomer on yeah. this show. I'm holding out hope. Holding You're out, holding out for hero. <laughs> holding out for her and Monique Hart, although she's been pretty inconsistent as well. Um, Valentina about those pants was so right. I know, it was so true. Insult to Aaliyah. It's so true. <laughs> um, and then Naomi Smalls. I think Naomi Smalls is one of those again, kind of those silent assassins. Like she made it to the top three. Oh yeah, three the Wendy Williams season. gags were fun, and she's doing. She's been doing really well, but she just hasn't been like breaking through to yeah. win. And I think my sense with her too is that she's like playing it a little safe because she wants to do sort of the late peak in the game as well. Like as long as she's not failing, right. Then she's lives to see another day. And if she's, and she's been in the top, it's not like she's even been failing. She's either been high or safe. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would say that's another one to look out for. Mm -hmm. So I think, I'm rooting for everybody black, clearly. <laughs> um, but I, I do think, I do, unfortunately, I do. I mean, I, I like Trinity and I like her probably more than either of you two do. But um, I, I do feel like we're being force fed the storyline that Trinity will make it to the top three. Like, I think at this point, yeah. there's kind of, yeah. unless she royally messes it up. I don't think that there's any way that it, she won't. It almost feels like she can she can do no wrong. And I'm just like, that's just because we don't expect her to be funny. And she's always mildly funny yeah like i chuckle while people are guffawing and i'm like oh okay <sighs> anyway well on that note <laughs> we hope that you are watching rupaul's drag race all-star season four and who are your picks to win and who do you want to see go far and what do you think we missed we want to hear your opinions so tweet at us at this cupot life or visit our facebook page or our facebook group or hop in our Discord channel. Or hop on our Discord channel and let us know what you think. But for now, let's take a quick break. 
Break time, break time. back uh, to close out this episode and to honor one of the greatest who has ever done it on our three Queens Day celebration. Uh, we want to take time to honor the memory of Hector Extravaganza. Yes. A pioneer, an icon, a legend. He's one of the founding members of the House of Extravaganza. Um, you've seen him in the Paris is Burning documentary. Mm-hmm. He is he is queer people of color culture wrapped up in one person in New York City. And the culture as we know it today would not exist without him. And I did not know Hector Extravaganza personally, mm. but he touched the lives of so many people in my life that I that I do know and had close personal relationships with him. And I don't think it was possible to be a queer person of color living or growing up in New York in the past 20, 30 years without having felt the impact he had on people's lives in some way, shape, or form. Mm. Um, and I'm just, I'm so glad that in the year before he passed, um, when the writers of Pose were putting the show together, they reached out to him and asked for his help and brought him onto the show as a consultant. And he is why the show is so true to life and is so obviously for the culture because he is telling them, yes, this is what would happen. No, this is not what would happen. This is the real way that it went down. And apparently the uh, opening scene, one of the opening scenes in the show where they're robbing the museum is based on a true life story that he knows. Wow. (laughs) So... Um, he he passed very suddenly. It was a shock to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's known in the ballroom community as the the grandfather of ballroom. And he he was a remarkable human being. And um, I'm I was really happy to see how many different uh, news media organizations told his story mm-hmm. on his passing. And I'm glad that his legacy is preserved in such a great way as as in Pose, and he makes several cameos in the show. He's usually on the judges panel. Mm-hmm. And um, just cheers to you, legend, because you're a real one.
So let us close out this first episode of 2019. Yes, New Year, same old yeah. bitches. Yes. And uh, let's go get it this year, y'all. Let's just fucking own it. All right. And on that note, I'm Jolie. I'm Carlos. I'm Zach. I'm Jonathan. <laughs> and this is This Cuba Live. This Cuba Live. This episode of This Cupac Life was recorded at the Brick Arts Media in downtown Brooklyn, New York. Remember, you can talk to us at This Cupac Life on social media and our website, www.thiscupac.life. You can also email us using ask at this cupac life. That's A-S-K at this cupac.life. And if you enjoyed the show, please make sure that you share us with your friends and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts and Facebook and Spotify and wherever all other wonderful podcasts are available for your ears. Thank you for being a part of this QPOC family. Boom. <laughs>